What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-host, Raul and Shu. Coming back at you, obviously, tough loss the other night. Duke falls to Virginia Tech, 78-75 on the road. Another road loss. That brings us to 5-4 and four in the ACC. Um, we're going to talk about that game a little bit, preview Wake and Georgia Tech, uh, do a little bit of prediction talk on that stuff, and then obviously we'll come back next week at some point to do a, a full Carolina preview. Wanted to give that its own its own section there. Again, like I said, tough loss. Uh, kind of a weird game a little bit. Duke starts out super hot tonight or last night and uh, starts out with a 7-0 run, and then it seemed like before no time, it's boom. The whole game gets flipped around. Virginia Tech goes on a 29-12 run. Um, if you were watching the game, it was probably a little bit of deja vu. They were just hitting threes from everywhere. They shoot 68% from the floor in the first half, seven for 10 from three uh, after missing their first two. Thanks, Shu, for pointing that out. Uh, going to halftime, 45-38. Kind of seems like it's over there. I mean, it seems kind of like, all right, we're going to give up 80, 90 points tonight. But actually, we kind of started the second half the same way we started the first half. We come out on a 6-0 run. Look strong, playing good defense. We eventually end up tying the game at 51 with about 16 minutes to play. Um, defense was phenomenal in the second half, really. I mean, we limit them to only nine three-point attempts. They only make three. But again, it's the same old story. Crunch time, final six, seven minutes to go. We kind of fall apart a little bit. Um, Roll, I know you had predicted Virginia Tech to win. Me and she were a little more optimistic. Did this kind of play out how you were thinking it was going to, or were you kind of expecting something a little bit different? Yeah, it was about how I was thinking it would play out. I was kind of encouraged by the fact that once they went up four late, we were able to come back and tie it. You know, and then we just had a couple of things go wrong in those last few minutes. But in terms of like how they beat us, it was pretty familiar and was kind of what I was envisioning, you know, just a lot of like handoffs for three pointers, a lot of uh, drive and kick for three pointers. So just the same stuff we saw last year in the ACC tournament. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for me, it's a little frustrating to see a team that had lost seven in a row that was really just struggling to shoot and score. Not that they were making baskets, but like, where does that confidence come from? Like Couture and Padua are just pulling up. Like they just, this is what they do. And it's like, no, bro, you literally haven't done it in three months. And here it is tonight, just out of nowhere. Bro, I think you mentioned on the last pod that Basili was a guy you were looking at. He dominates us. Um, tough loss, tough loss. What's seemed like he did most of his damage inside though. Yeah, he did. Yeah, because yeah, um, he hit one three, four. Yeah, so, um, yeah. and I was kind of a little bit more worried about his stretchability, and I think he did hit one three, but, but yeah, he destroyed us in the post. Yeah, a lot of tough shots too. Um, you know, Kyle, him and Kyle were kind of going back and forth yep. there for a while. Um, obviously, another really strong performance from Flip. Sucks to waste these performances though, and what you lose and. You turn around and look, and the guy's got 29, 10, and 2. Goes 4 from 8 from 3. I think uh, Mike Young even pointed out on his presser that, you know, Filipowski's made four or five three-pointers in conference play, and then he comes and gives me four. You know, just that sort of night. But um, not to bury the lead too much, though, I guess we should talk about 
at the beginning, probably at the top somewhere about Whitehead. He starts to look good again. You know, he comes back. He had that rough. He had a really good stretch. Then he had kind of slipped. And then he had started to put things together a little bit. There was a stretch there where him and kind of Flip were just kind of carrying us. They were just doing this two-man game. He has 10 points on six shots. And then I guess some point in that, or it was early second half, he kind About of About three minutes into the second it, half. Yeah. Kind of a non-contact injury, I guess you would say. I mean, there's a little contact there, but it doesn't look like anything that would have had that happen. Um, so, you know, they there's been landed. some reports. Yeah. yeah, like high ankle sprain is kind of like the best case scenario right now. It looked like Achilles initially, but then he's out back out there with a with ice, with ice so pack, yeah. I would imagine if it was Achilles, that's not the case. You don't ice your Achilles, yeah. Right. Yeah, I think it's a little bit weird that we haven't gotten an update. You know, I just searched before we jumped on and still nothing. Um, you know, you would think they would have done an MRI or something by now. Yeah, I would have imagined he would have got one like first thing Tuesday yep. when they got back. So, um, you know, obviously it's, it's tough for him, you know, just starting your freshman season off in the summer with a pretty big injury to the lower leg. And for Duke fans, I think we're just kind of burnt out on these lower leg, these lower leg injuries. I mean, I'm sure it happens everywhere, but it just seems with the frequency that it happens to us, to top guys too. It's always like one of our like right. top projected elite talents that it's happening to. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe if he, if, you know, we we have him the rest of the way, maybe we do end up pulling that game out. I don't know. You can't really, can't really project it in that way, but. Um, Weren't we down? We were down like two, I think when he went out. I think so. Yeah. That yeah we were down like two or like three. I said, he was. He was that happened around the 17 minute mark and we were down eight or seven at the break and then, um, or eight at the break. And then, and then we came out hot, like, right. you, like you mentioned earlier. So yeah, probably around that, uh, maybe down a bucket. And he was hitting jumpers too. So, you know, maybe he gets to take the last shot instead of Proctor, which we'll get to later, but you know, or maybe he just hits one three somewhere and the game's different. Yeah. And, and Josh, you pointed out like, you know, this was kind of an outlier game for Virginia Tech, I think. As you mentioned, this, you know, you, they hadn't been hitting shots. I mean, they had scored 50 total points against Clemson, you know, two, two days, days ago. Prior. Yeah. And so um, I think we gave them, what, 45 in the half. So, yeah. It's that, like, I mean, I've talked about it before. It's that, like, out-of-body experience that seems to happen when you play Duke. Um, this kind of, like, crazy surge of adrenaline that certain teams seem to get. And it's only certain teams. It's like Virginia Tech, NC State, a few others. Some others don't seem to get it up for us as much. But yeah, whenever we play in that building, it's not good news. Yeah, they channel it or whatever yeah. it is. That energy, they're just able to channel it in a way that's, you know, because Couture plays 40 minutes, Padula plays 39, Basili plays 37. And, it, and they're I all great. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell it. Um, now, Couture did cool off in the second right. half. He didn't really do a whole lot. I think he was one of five from three in the second half. He was four for five in the first half. So Yeah, all his attempts were from three, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all of his attempts were from three. Um, you know, it, it's tough, man, You because know, Mutz is the guy that kind of killed us in the past, I think, right? Like, yeah. he's, kinda, he's feasted on us. So he goes down um, or goes out of the game, and I think we're up four or five, and he's out for like a five or six-minute stretch, and then – by the time he comes back in, they're already up four or five. That going back and looking at it, it's like, man, we really should have found a way to take advantage of that. And I think it just speaks to what we've been seeing all year is that inability to do that. Um, I want to talk about that in a little bit later. I don't want to get quite ahead of ourselves, but on a positive note, this was one of our better offensive games. 
I mean, yeah. I know that's, you know, not to kind of. Um, we hit what, nine threes? Yeah, we were 39%, yeah. you know, we nine of 23. Um, and, you know, four of those misses came, I think we went four or one of five down the stretch, right? Yeah. Proctor kind of part of that himself, but um, the ball was moving, you know, we were getting good looks. I mean, Filipowski was basically getting whatever he wanted. Um, I thought Mark Mitchell did a really good job early of getting to the rim, attacking downhill. Um, you know, he kind of. I mean, Young had a good game too, apart from that final turnover, but you know, in terms yeah. of his offensive game overall. Yeah. I think he has what, eight points, eight rebounds, two yeah, assists. Well. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, lively kind of a little bit of a, of a step back. Maybe, you know, he didn't really mm-hmm. play a, a ton either. Um, I thought, I thought what lively did, you know, he got, he got two of the pick and roll lobs. Um, he got one that Roach gave to him. And as soon as he called it in the middle, he immediately hit flip who was cutting on the baseline. Um, flip gets foul going up. I think he went, that was one of the times he went, uh, one of one from the line there down the stretch, but uh, I thought it was awareness. I think the game's starting to kind of slow down to him a little bit, at least. Yeah. Um, he's getting a little bit more comfortable out there. I would agree with that. And as a team, we just, we, we played well on that end. I mean, 48% from the floor, 39% from three, only 67 from the line. That's probably an area of you look at if we only get to the line 12 times. That's a little yeah. concerning considering how we kind of play and that we're driving a lot from the perimeter. Um, even our bigs kind of like to dip and dive down in there. And most of those misses were late too. I mean, I know it it has the same effect whether you miss them late or early ultimately, but yeah, those, uh, you know, obviously Roach missing the front end of the one and one, Filipowski yeah. going one of two. Um, yeah, that's, that's the killer right there. In the first half, we had Roach and Andrew hit uh hit threes that with their foot on the line basically one foot on the line yeah. and well Derek likes to do that yeah, he know, it's almost purposeful <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah it's it's frustrating cuz it's like we had 17 assists to only seven turnovers so we played a clean game there you know if you remember in the preview I was saying they don't force a lot of turnovers um we end up out rebounding them as well uh, shot really well and then we still lose the game Yep. Oh. Yep. Well, yeah. and and the defense in the first half, really. Those are the two things that lost it for us. Defense in the first half was a killer. Um, and some of it was like we weren't playing great defense, but we weren't they were just pulling and taking some tough shots. You yeah. Know, like kind of pack was doing that in the first half when we were playing in Miami and we were able to mm-hmm. kind of right the ship a little bit, but uh, I mean, the team's we- just coming gunning, man. Yeah, well, I mean, we tried to go zone for a little bit. That wasn't going to work. I mean, Couture missed his first two threes, and then all of a sudden hit four in a row. Um, Padula pulled one with Derek basically giving him the Battier treatment with his finger up his nose, just, you know, bombed it right over the top of him. So what are you going to do about some of those? And I mentioned it uh, before we started recording, but Couture hit that three in the corner um, when we were in the zone that had that incredibly lucky bounce. Yeah. You know, and he got fouled on it too by flip. Uh, you know, he ends up missing the free throw, but again, that's the margin of the game right there. Just one of those threes. Yep. Yeah. And then obviously the bench has been kind of a strength for us all year and yeah. we really didn't get much of anything. I mean, Roach and Lively combined for ten points, Grandison and Blades go scoreless. Um it's like gotta get uh, more. Jekyll and Hyde with Grandison. Home it versus really the is. road. It's almost like the the team as a whole is sort of following him there. 
Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, one I, corner three up. I think it was the only yeah. shot he got up. Yeah, yeah. He, seem, he seems to often not even shoot on the road. It's like if you're going to be in there, I don't know how many minutes he played, but he only I, plays nine. But okay, still. but I remember, I remember a recent game where he plays 17 minutes and takes two shots. Yep. I think another one of our road losses, maybe state or something. I can't. Yeah, remember, I think that was but Clemson. But Clemson, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's talk about the the late struggles a little bit. Um, so we're tied at sixty seven with seven minutes to play, and this is kind of to me this is kind of where the deja vu starts to kick in, right? It's a close game. We saw it against Clemson. Um, you know, against Pitt, Miami, we were able to pull those games out, but we still see these droughts. So we tie it up at sixty seven. Um. And then we could proceed to miss our next five shots. By yeah, a couple of more threes too, weren't they? Yeah, there were, some, like s- there were some threes in there. Um, Proctor really kind of had a little bad stretch there for a while. And then he ends up kind of redeeming it. But by that point, we're down five. But he has a nice assist to Young um, mm-hmm. to get us within. We get a stop. We come back down. He hits that huge three at the, in the wing there to tie it up. And then we have probably the controversial play of the game. So they come back down. MJ Collins goes up for a floater in the wing. Tough shot. You know, we're all over it. Mark Mitchell's just, you can't defend it any better. Um, Kid makes a play, gets it to go in. That puts him up two, 13 seconds. And then this is when this kind of celebration slash throat punch thing occurs. Um, Well, I guess when that happens in real time, Shu, do you think they're calling a flagrant take when they're reviewing that? Are you like, okay, this is going to be two shots on the ball? Or are you kind of like not sure? Or you, did you think it was a no call? What did you make of it? Uh, I mean, well, I, I saw Mike DeGeorge look at at uh, at John and tell him, you know, it's it's going to be nothing. Um, disappointed. You know, it's, it's a tough place to be in. You know, the kid was celebrating, but the, the rule in states, you know, Intent doesn't matter. I've never intended to to elbow anybody in the face while I play basketball, but I've done it several times. You know, it just it just happens. You know, so yeah. If if the rule states intent doesn't matter, anything above the neck, you know, just apply it equally across every game. We just see it too. It's too inconsistent in college basketball. Just like the flop call or whatever. We got a flop call on us in the Virginia Tech game, but I, I don't think I've seen any flop calls in any other non-Duke ACC game I've watched this year. I think that too is like the interpretation of the rule. When they went to review it, it's like, okay, well, the rule, I'm pretty sure states that intent doesn't matter. So if you're not having to look for intent and you're just looking for contact above the shoulders, I I would love to hear their rationale on like how that doesn't fit that criteria. And you mentioned the inconsistency issue. Um, You know, the very next night, UNC's playing Syracuse and they end up winning the game basically for that same reason. So it's like, yeah. why is one a flagrant and the other's not? And that's that's a huge swing in both teams' tournament resumes right there. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the you know, the human element I think plays the part like this crowd, if we turn this over, they're gonna Right. Yeah. <laughs> what wh- whether they realize it or not, actually, you know, I mean I'm sure that the refs aren't consciously thinking that, right. but there's some sort of internal feeling there. You know, but there's still 13 seconds left yeah. to me, right? It's still it's yeah. still just two shots in the ball, so we'd have to make both to tie it, yeah, and then we would have to make another shot to win it. We actually get a little bit lucky. We we foul them. We miss the shot. We foul them. Send them to the line. They make they go one and one. It's a three point game. Um, 
We drop a play. It looked like it was designed for flip. I think Sean was saying that they, they kind of blow it up. The initial action ball ends up in Proctor's hands. He just made a three, so I can't get too mad, but it just doesn't seem like he was ready for that shot, like that it was designed to go there. Ends up missing it. And then we had probably, you know, not to rag on Young, but just a pretty pathetic finish. I mean, it was going to be tough to get something off anyway, but that didn't seem like it was going. Any, even if that pass gets to Roach, I don't know what he's supposed to do with that. Or I don't know. I probably would have had either Flipper Lively or Young try to catch, like facing, and then just try to hand it off or try to just catch and move it and try to get something. To yeah, Proctor throwing it in or somebody, you know, up. I, I, well, they're not guarding Ryan, the they're not guarding the pass. So you got to yeah, at least and, make the pass. <laughs> and Ryan's been a good passer, so I, I can't knock the passer. But you know, um, I think it's on both. So you know, Roach's got to come to the ball hard, and and Ryan's got to make a good pass. And you know, execution. We just it was going to be a prayer regardless. Um, but you know, we beat Virginia Tech on prayers before, just never at Blacksburg. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just it just reinforces this idea of what we're doing late in games. We've been able to pull those out at home, but on the road, it's just not for whatever reason, we're not learning just I guess what it takes to win or we're not executing well enough in those moments. Um, you know, if you remember unless back, we're playing unless we're playing a really bad team like Boston College or Oregon State, those are the two right. that we've managed to kind of squeak out. Not at home. Yeah. Teams that are just the talent differential. So, yeah. so enormous. But, um, if you remember that Miami game, Roach misses a front end there, yep. they could have put it away, had the big steal. And he even talks about it in the post game if he kind of calls himself out. And then we have the same situation happen again. It's a one possession game. We have four free throw opportunities. We get one point. Roach misses the front end and then flip goes one and one make our free throws, maybe we still win. You know, there's so many different little things that we could point to. Um, but I did have something I wanted to talk to you all about. So it, there's a weird parallel and not really so much in the term, like the way the teams are playing, because the team I'm about to talk about was just a, a much, much, much better defensive team. Um, but a lot of lot of interesting parallels to the 2007 Duke team. And especially because it's John's in his first role in both years. So it's his first year as a player in 07, first year as a coach now both of those teams really kind of struggled to figure out how to win um, most of those were really young right that, that was the coach yep. k's like youngest team at really ever really at young um yeah by yeah. comparison now it doesn't seem young at all but like right but time, in 2007 yeah, yeah. i don't think that team had a yeah. senior right demarcus nelson and no, mcclure no. were juniors yeah because nelson's senior year was 2008 yeah, so so Nelson and and McClure were juniors, and then you had uh, uh, Josh and and Greg were the sophomores, right? With with Poches, yeah, and then and a bunch and of freshmen, and then you had Thomas Henderson Shire, yeah, um, yeah. So that you know, very young team, two juniors um, and no seniors. Basically, they shot a lot more threes than we did. They obviously they were the number six defense. Um, they kind of struggled offensively, didn't they? They did struggle offensively, um, for sure. They were. 44. I feel like they lost a lot of like close games. Just that was my parallel, right? They yeah, couldn't just close games out. out. Virginia Tech, they lose two by two in overtime. I got um, one more parallel for you. Um, now it wasn't that year's class, but a lot of the reason that team struggled is because of an overrated recruiting class. Now it was the year before, but. Uh, you know, obviously the Paulus McRoberts class was vaunted. It was supposed to be, you know, McRoberts was number one, right? Um, yeah. and, and Paulus Greg was, was the, the no, number, number one, one point, point guard. guard. I think yeah. he was like only like 
ranked like 18th or something, but he was the best point guard in the class. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. So he was the best quarterback in, the cl- in football class. Right. Too. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, you know, interesting parallels. Um, obviously, that team had two separate four game losing streets, one in the beginning of February and one to end the season. Hopefully, let's, that's let's not, not what we're do that. At, yeah. But yeah. Uh, um, they also had a few five and six game winning streets, too. So we haven't quite seen that either from this team. No, we're kind of, we're kind of going one and one. Yeah. Like. Yeah. We're kind of playing this 500. We've, we've won four and lost four in our last eight. So that's kind of just where we're at. Um, you know, but if we go back and, and listen to our season preview pod, you know, John, um, uh, and we all expected there were going to be bumps in the road. We knew this was going to not be a nice, smooth, easy ride. It was, you know, they were bound for things like this to happen. Yep. And I hope it plays out the same way. I'll gladly wait three more years and we'll cut down nets. That's fine. You sure, know, that's cool. Um, but I do think, and it would be cool to see it play out that way, where we're kind of a double-digit loss team maybe this year. We get a little bit better next, take a jump next year, um, and you just keep kind of, kind of progressing in that way. Um, it's just it's really hard to build that kind of momentum now, simply because of the roster turnover. It like is. you know, we've I know, I know we've come back to this point tons on this podcast, but the fact that you don't feel like you're building on anything, and you just feel like okay, maybe the players will be better next year and that'll be the solution. You know, you don't feel like um, there's much chance for Filipowski to come back, but if he did come back, he's national player of the year level and it completely changes next season's dynamic. Yeah. You know, it completely changes how I feel about the team, but I'm not going to expect him back because I just don't think that's realistic. Well, we've seen this. He's had these, yeah. I think this is his, maybe his third, but definitely his second, like huge explosion kind of game, right? Where he's just putting up kind of like big time numbers. Well, really three of the last four games have been just like, you know, all ACC level for sure. And yeah. and the way he played and scored in this game, I mean, he had uh, a fast break Euro step. He had a kind of a mellow mid post, like that shake was nice. back down. That was know. a nice little pull up. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that was over much too. Like that yep. was a tough shot. Uh, obviously hit four of eight from, the, from three, um, put the ball on the floor that the three that Tyrese got off, you know, that was off of Kyle driving, uh, the right baseline and, and then Tyrese just filled in behind him. Uh, Mutz walled him off. He turned, you know, flipped, didn't force anything. To his credit, he turned around and and hit Tyrese, and Tyrese hit a big shot. But yeah, I mean, Flip just showed off so much in that game. I know. Um, that after that one, I, I think two weeks ago, I thought there was a good chance we'd have him back. And but after after that one, yeah, I think I don't see how how we could unless he just really just wants to come back. But I don't mm-hmm. see if if you're a scout and you're watching him now, he's shown you. An, uh, uh, yeah, I couldn't see him like who lets him fall to fifteen. You know, like. I, that's what I was gonna say. If I saw him it? last night, I'm I'm taking him lotto. If I see that player from last night, you know. Yeah. And I've even seen, I feel like you might have even seen enough of that to say, okay, there's something here. Right. Right. Like in that 15 to 20 range. I mean, obviously there's plenty of games left. He could keep moving up, but getting some marketing vibes from it, him, you know. Like, if you're sniffing yeah. lotto, dude, you gotta go. For sure. You gotta go. Um especially because the defense is still strong too. Like the defense is still good enough. So yeah, I feel like he's uh, improved again on the defensive end. Like during his whole offensive slump, he was also playing bad defense, and now everything seems to have come together. And it's kind of broken through that wall. Yep. Yeah. So that would be unfortunate if he plays just like awesome enough to leave, but we're 
the team doesn't elevate with him (laughs) and then we're just kind of stuck with it. That seems to. Well, I mean, I guess there's, you know, a possibility that at this point that Mitchell or Proctor or Lively could come back. And I think any of those guys would help us really. Yeah. I mean, I'd be, I'd be thrilled to have any of them back. Um, I know we've talked about it offline. I think that you said that Proctor would be your choice and I feel the same way, but really I would not complain about having a sophomore. Yeah, of any kind. Yeah. I think we'll have yeah. a couple actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope so. You know, yeah. I hope so. Um, well, and then we we should have you know an improved Blake's as well, and then maybe Young will come back too. So maybe we'll have a little bit of experience. But you know, the, yeah. the revolving door is just getting a little frustrating. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think we're all getting a little burned out on that piece. But you well, know. I think John realizes that. I think he's trying to. You know, actively recruit some guys that can be really good in college, can stick yeah. around, but you got to find, like, it's just hard, you know, like, do you keep shoot happy enough to stay around? Like, what's his thought process? Because the way the portal works, it's, you know, I mean, Duke's still, I think, a premier destination in that regard, but like, you could transfer to Virginia and play 25 minutes next year. Right. If you want to, and probably start, right? Like, you can go to another high-level program, um, and still get those minutes. So it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of massages that. But, you know, he plays a deep enough bench to where I do think that that allows itself to to play eight, nine, ten guys, if that's if that's where we're at. So, well, to know. kind of jump ahead on that point, um, you know, maybe Shoot does get some minutes um, now with whatever's Whitehead. happening with Whitehead. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not super optimistic about that i mean the fact that he wasn't cracking our top nine on this team that's struggling isn't very encouraging but you know even with it, several injuries already right yeah yeah but if john does just want to play depth and he suddenly lost one of his guys you know maybe that opens up the door you know we could certainly use his shooting if he can even be passable on defense yeah. So, you know, I think that's definitely something that I'm going to be looking for. I think if I had a preference, I would prefer to try to get Blake's and Grandison like right. back to a productive level, given those, because, you know, it's not, we're not that far removed where Blake's, Blake's had back to back 17 point right. games. Now, one of them wasn't like a blowout loss, but still, you know, if we could get him back to at least pushing pace and, you know, he was playing 20 to 25 minutes for a while and now he's been at like five and nine and six. Um, I know he's got the broken nose thing or whatever. But I, I don't just, know. I just want to get more shooting out there somehow. Um, yeah, yeah. And you I know, agree. and again, I'm I'm not saying shoot is the answer. In fact, I suspect he's not. But the fact is that we just lost our best shooter best in shooter, conference. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I looked it up. I looked up just his conference numbers. He was at 44 percent from three on almost five attempts a game. And so for Derek. a team that's yeah, Derek, yeah, Derek, yeah. So yeah. for a team that shoots thirty-two percent from three or whatever it is, losing a forty-five percent three-point shooter is like it's it's yeah. a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, especially on that volume too. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be tough. But um, you know, you want to think the schedule might get a little bit easier, but the way that we play on the road, you never know. So we're gonna turn right back around Saturday. We go to Atlanta. Um, similarities to the Virginia Tech game, obviously the talent differential and how good Georgia Tech is is vastly different than Virginia Tech. They're sitting at 163rd on Kim Palm. Um, but in the similar comparison is they've lost six straight. So they're coming in. I think they're, what, one and nine in conference. I think they've only beaten Miami. Um, 
Ken Palm's predicting a seven point Duke win. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, before I don't want to do predictions individually, let's kind of do it, you know, together here. So we go to Atlanta Saturday, then we come right back to a, kind of a quick turnaround. We get Wake Forest rematch with them Tuesday in Cameron. If you remember, we lost 81 70 back in December. Um, the game didn't quite feel that close, really. It kind of felt like it was more out of hand than that. Appleby kind of got whatever he wanted. He had 18 and 8, 14 free throws. That's an issue. Um, but, you know, I think for that one, there might be a little more optimism back at home, back in Cameron. Ken Palm at least seems to be favoring that too. So, you know, he's got another seven point win there. So ironically, you know, he thinks Duke's going to just double sevens. This, these two games um, would be nice, but let, let's talk for you all. Should I'll go to you first. What are you looking at for these two games? Do you think this is a two and no stretch or we're going to continue this kind of one and one deal? I mean, Saturday's, if there's a winnable road game, it's in Georgia Tech, I think. Um, Georgia Tech, Louisville. Of course, BC's normally looked at like that, and we barely escaped that. So um, it's not a foregone conclusion. But I think um, I would expect us to go in, and especially coming off a loss, um, we're, we're typically pretty good coming off a loss. So I expect us to, to win that game. Wake. Wake at home, um, yeah. I think I think that one too. I, I like us go two and zero here. Okay, you you covering you covering the fourteen points? Uh, the seven at Georgia Tech, I'd take, but probably not the home against Wake. Maybe okay. like a five point win over okay. Wake. Yeah. 79 yeah. like and, and, and Wake's cooled off a little bit. Now they played some tough games recently. They had a a close game against Virginia that they lost, um, had a really close game against Pittsburgh that they lost, and they they play NC State before they get Duke. So we'll see kind of where what they look like coming in. Um, Roel, what about for you? Are you looking for a 2-0 and stretch here? Are you going with 1-1, and 0-2? Yeah, I think I'm going to go 1-1. and um, I'm actually, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm more worried about that Georgia Tech game than the Wake game. Again, maybe it's just the home factor. Um, and I know Georgia Tech is bad, but I'm just, sort of hedging my bets here. It's it's this weird thing where I think if we lose at Georgia Tech, I have us winning beating Wake. But if we beat Georgia Tech, I have it. So either way, I have us going one and one. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I feel like the, the Georgia Tech one is a bigger worry for me. You know, even though objectively, Wake is the much better opponent. But, you know, again, it's just, it's really just the home road well, That factor. would be what, a, a quad three loss probably? Yeah, it would be our first really bad loss. Yeah. yeah. We have nothing outside of quad one right now. So, yeah. 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 And maybe and it's just because, maybe it's just because like all sporting events have been going badly for me all week. So <laughs> I'm a little worried. But yeah. The, yeah. The mojo coming in. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I can't predict this losing to Georgia Tech because I don't really want to get into that level of just despair quite yet. <laughs> like, I think that was one of the games early on in the season when I was we were doing our ACC preview of like, yeah, you got to beat Boston College, you got to beat Florida State, you got to beat Georgia Tech, you got to beat Louisville. Um, so far, we're three and zero in that regard. Yeah, really neat because yeah. even where we're at, um, we don't have bad losses no. you know none of these losses are bad they're all on the road um the two in the non-con were to a top 10 kansas and purdue teams so we really haven't 
you know, this one would be a loss that would probably push us out of the, we'd have some work to do. I think right now we're still okay. You know, we're still fine. Um, Mm -hmm. We're getting close to that, but I think you got to win Saturday. And uh, I I have a hard time picking us to lose in Cameron the way that we've played this year. So coming off a loss, I just said, that oh, I could see us rattling something off. So that was obviously wrong, but I guess I'm going to get burned again here. And I'm going to say we're going to go 2-0. I don't think we cover in either one, but I think that we'll go to just because we just really haven't been separating that much from teams. Um, But I feel like you got to You got to get the job done in Atlanta. At some point, we got to win another road game. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's going to be it. And we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to hit on it again before we get out of here. So whitehead down, what are we kind of thinking in terms of the lineup? Like, does things are obviously going to get shifted a little bit? He was starting. So does this just just look like Roach comes back in? What does that look like? And do we see any shift? Um, away from kind of the three bigs. Do you think that at this point in the season, it seems like that's just what John wants to do? So that's probably where we're at. Um, yeah, I think Raul pointed out, you know, without Whitehead, you don't lose the total capability of going small, but, you know, it's one big piece and playing a small ball lineup. Um, so, yeah, I think you just go Roach, Proctor, Mitchell, uh, Flip, and, and Young and keep it moving. And just, yeah. just roll the ball out. Yeah. Or sometimes maybe you could start lightly depending on the matchup, um, you know, in place of young, just depending on what kind of big you think would be best for that particular matchup. But, I mean, who are you putting in there, really? Blake's hasn't yeah. been great recently. Grandison hasn't been great. Mitchell's been better than both of them. So I, I think you kind of got to go with the old standby. You know, yeah. and the numbers have been kind of showing us when we dig into lineup data that the two big lineups just have been better. That's just a fact. Like, mm-hmm. they may not be fun to watch, but the problem is that while a lineup with multiple guards could be better in theory because it's more modern, you have better spacing and all that, you have to have good guards. Yeah. You have to have people that can put right. the ball in the basket from outside. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, again, Whitehead was our best avenue to doing that. Yeah. But if he's not here, it's like I, I don't see the point in just putting in Grandison for the sake of Grandison or whatever. I think he um, can play more minutes, but. Uh, yeah, that's more theoretical at this point, right? Because yeah. it's like even with more minutes, his shot volume seems to stay kind yeah, of the same. Shoot, yeah. So if he's in there, you got to be yeah. shooting the ball. Um, and he's got to make shots on the road, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, And maybe. You know, I mean, I think you pointed this out, Raul, too, in, in an earlier pod that Roach just historically has kind of started to play his best basketball and wait in like February, March is kind of when he really yeah. starts to come on. Um, no better time than now, fella. You know, we need you now. If there was any a moment to kind of take control and just say, wait a minute, you know, I'm the junior, I'm the captain, like I'm just going to going to take charge here. Um you know, maybe maybe we get a lift from him. I don't know. It's it's hard to see anyone just stepping up and feeling what Whitehead left out because, like you said, who's going to provide that kind of volume uh, and just the ability to shoot without like creation? Like Grandison can probably shoot five threes, but it's going to be like you got to create that for him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Whitehead can create two of those five on his own, you know, and so that makes it a little bit different. But all right, well. We'll kind of see what happens over the weekend, beginning of the week, and then we'll come back and kind of react to Georgia Tech and Wake, and then uh, then we'll talk about Carolina. I know that's a big game coming up that we, you know we all get excited for, but I, I kind of want to leave that and not get too 
too far into that just yet because I think it's going to be a drastic difference depending on if we go two and zero or zero and two or whatever this week. So you know we'll we'll leave that. Um, it could be shaping up though to where we're both probably a very similar record coming into that game. So even it doesn't even matter. I feel like when they say throw the rankings out, I think that's a little overplayed, but it just seems to be like, when we're down and they're down, it's still going to be a big game either way. So um, we'll, we'll come back and get into that. You know, in the meantime, rate, review, subscribe, find us on the boards, email us at the devil's end pod at gmail.com. And uh, you know, keep those faces strong in the burp. Go do it.